How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Joshua chapter 1. How do you feel when you stand on the verge of reaching something that long-awaited goal? Are you happy, sad, or relieved that the journey is nearly over? Are you afraid of the tests and trials that still lie ahead, or do you view your future with courage and faith in God? As we look at this passage, we want to bring to you the thought that God can bring you out of the worst situations. Once He brings you out, then it is up to you to have faith in Him taking you into the promised land, which in our case will be heaven. If you doubt or lose faith, then you not see the promised land. We find those that were led out of bondage were also wandering because they quickly had turned on God. For 40 years they wandered in the wilderness that had brought Israel to stand upon the mountaintop and overlooked into the promised land. Every Israelite over 20 years of age when they had left Egypt under Moses' leadership was now dead except for three people, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. We see that in Numbers 14, starting at verse 35. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do unto all the evil transgressions that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the transgressions to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, they died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Junipah, which were the men that went to search the land, still lived. So the two that came back with a good report and said, We could take them with God's help. They lived. But the others that said, Oh, we can't go in there and take uh, that land, that property, they all died. Everybody that doubted didn't make it. What was the sin of those spies? Well, then the ten of the twelve spies showed little faith in the negative reports that they had gave about the land. They were slandering what they believed in God and what he had promised them. They did not believe that God could help them, and as the people were whole, they were persuaded and it was not possible to take the land. So they come back and convinced everybody else that it's not possible and everybody else believed them instead of believing in God. Be careful what you listen to and what you hear from other people. Know for yourself. All the others had died without realizing their cherished blessing. They could have been blessed hand over fist and, and been in that promised land of Canaan. Why did they die without realizing that? What caused those Israelites who left Egypt 
by God's power to lose their privilege by setting foot into the promised land. The formulating an answer, remember that God never breaks a promise. Never. Forty years before this time, God told the children of Israel in Exodus 6, 8 through 9, or 7 and 8, excuse me, I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. So God always keeps his promises. God has the power to make them and he has the power to fulfill them. But some doubt this fact. The initial company of the Israelites who departed from Egypt did so with reluctance. They didn't want to leave. They wanted to go back into slavery after they got started. From the start of the Exodus, the moment that they left Egypt, most of them complained and lacked faith and tried to convince others of the same thing. Bad as things were in Egypt, as slaves, the known seems better than the unknown for those that lack faith. During their 40 years in the desert wandering, the children of Israel alternately were blessed and cursed and they also blessed the name of the Lord and cursed the name of the Lord. When he showed them miracles, they humbled themselves. This Christian walk will be filled with troubles and trials, but we must hold on to God and his promises. When the tests and rigors of the desert life became difficult for them, they hardened their hearts in anger and resentment. They forgot his power and trembled in fear at the thought of facing the Canaanites. In doing so, they lost their privilege to enter into the land of promise. As their children stood on the mountain and saw in the distance the promised land, the realization of their expectations, were they really ready? Did they appreciate the great blessing of receiving that which was denied of their forefathers? Could they move into the land under the leadership of the living prophet, Joshua, and possess the land on the Lord's terms? Or would they pollute their inheritance as their fathers have done before them? The book of Joshua talks about one of the most important writings in the Old Covenant and should be never be separated from the Pentateuch, which is what at once both the continuation and completion of. Now, the Pentateuch is the first set of books that Moses wrote, the first five. So between this book and the five books of Moses, there's the same analogy that's between the four Gospels and Acts of the Apostles. The Pentateuch contains the history of the Acts of the great Jewish legislator, and the laws in which the Jewish church should be established. The book of Joshua gives an account of this establishment, and it's meant for the church and while they're in the land of Canaan, according to the oft-repeated promises and declarations of God. The Gospels, given the account of the transgression or transactions of Jesus Christ, the great Christian legislator, and the laws in which his church was to be established and how it should be governed. 
Acts of the Apostles gives an account of the actual establishment of the church according to the predictions and promises of the great founder. Thus then, the Pentateuch bears the pointed a relationship of the Gospels as the book of Joshua depend, does the same thing as Acts of the Apostles. So these two sets of books support each other. The Old Testament is like for the Jewish church, meaning the organization founded by Jehovah for the early Israelites. Just as Moses has a role as a prophet, a lawgiver, mediator, and deliverer, it was the type of Jesus. So Joshua, who led Israel into the promised land, also a type of Jesus, who led all the faithful into the ultimate land of promise, and Jesus leads us into the celestial kingdom, which is heaven. Joshua, the son of Nun, in the tribe of Ephraim, was first called Oshia, or Hosanna, in Numbers 13 16, which signified saved, a savior, or salvation. But afterwards, Moses, guided no doubt by the prophetic spirit, changed his name to Yahshua, or Joshua, which signifies he shall save, or the salvation of Jehovah, referring no doubt to his being God's instrument in saving the people from the hands of their enemy, and leading them from the victory to victory all over the different Canaanite land, until he had put the possession of the promised land into his people. By the Septicule, he was called Jesus, Nahu, or son of Nave. And in the New Testament, he is expressly called Jesus. In other words, the Hebrew word both for Joshua and Jesus were the same. They are no further, there are further analogies between the organizations of the Old and New Covenants said, on this very ground, the knowledge of Christ observably, obviously founded the Christian church. Hence, he had his 12 disciples of whom the Christian church today has sprung from. As the Jewish church and the 12, or the 12 tribes sprang from the 12 sons of Jacob. See how this works? There's 12 tribes of Israel and 12 disciples. Uh, 12 is a number of completion things like that he had seven or 72 disciples in reference to the 72 elders six chosen out of each tribe whom were united with Moses and Aaron in the administration of justice and all the laws amongst the people Christ united his people the characters both Moses and Aaron or legislator and high priest. Hence, he could never consider himself and is considered by the apostles and followers the same as the Christian church that Moses and Aaron were in. As a rite of invitation into his church, he instituted baptism that took place of circumcision, both being types of purification of the heart and holiness in life. And as a rite of establishment and confirmation, the Holy Inukutu, uh, the Lord's Supper, in place of the Paschal Lamb, both being 
intended to corroborate and the atonement that is made to God for the sins of the people. Jesus came in and changed things. The analogies are so abundant and indeed universal at time it would fail to enumerate them. On this very principle it would be a matter of highly utility to read these Old Testament and New Testament books together as they reflect a strong and mutual light on each other and bear the most decided testimony to the words and truth of the prophecies and show the ample fulfillment and all ancient and glorious design of God. So you had an issue and then you had a solution. All throughout the Bible we have something happen and then something happens. So this is pretty neat. Now in Joshua 1 and 4 it talks about the promised land. The biblical Israel is generally thought of as a region south and southwest of the Lebanon mountains, north and northeast of Egypt, east of the Mediterranean coastal plain, and west of the Arabian desert. The dimensions Israel was roughly had at that time was 150 miles from Dan to Bathsheba, and it was all just in the greatest width about 75 miles wide. The Lord promised Joshua that the original extent of the land of promise to Abraham was given to the whole country of Israel. And we see that back in Genesis 15, verse 18. And then again, here on Joshua 1 and 4, God reaffirms and tells them again, I said I'm going to give it to you, you can have it. Although the Israelites went into the promised land with Joshua, they were generally faithful and obedient. And as a nation, Israel soon returned to their old ways and lost the blessing of the promised land to them winning the whole land. Not until the time of David and Solomon, which was about 200 years later, did Israel control the land fully that was given to originally to them in the covenant, and then only for a short while. And then soon they lost it after that. It's crazy. If you're in God's favor, try to stay in God's favor. Don't turn your back on Him. Many times we see that when somebody's blessed and they're having a good time and things are working for them, that, you know, they're working for God and God's working for them. And then they say, well, I'm good. And they quit the church or quit working for God. And, and all of a sudden their troubles come back. It just don't make sense. Now, verses 5 through 18 are bunched together. After affirming that Joshua had the power and authority of Moses, in verse 5, the Lord charged him to take the law as a base of all that he did. He was not to vary from it, and it was not to depart out of his mouth. That is, all that he spoke was to confirm it, and he was to mediate upon it constantly. The tribes of Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, were to inherit the lands already conquered on the east side of the Jordan River, and they were charged to join the other tribes in conquering the rest of the land. These tribes showed their loyalty by accepting this charge and the covenant to be put to death for anybody that refused to be a part of it. We as Christians are given what we have from God, and it is our job to help out fellow Christians 
to claim that which God had given them. We are in this fight together. It is how we love each other and that we show God's love to the world. If God blesses me, then you should be happy. If God blesses you, then I'll be happy. If the enemy is coming against you, then let me know. Because I'm in the battle with you. I will be using the weapon that God has given me against the enemy. And I will pray with you and encourage you in the Lord. And I'm sure as I hear that the enemy will attack me as well. But I will ask for prayer and encouragement from you. So we're in this together. Let us grab onto God's promises and hold on to them until we cross over into the promised land. Have no doubt and don't lose faith because that only ends badly. Times might be challenging for a while, but we can see the promised land. We just have to move into it. We know our time is almost over. Finishing the race and seeing Jesus will be worth it all. We'll close in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful love. And we thank you, Lord, for being with us and holding our hands and guiding us and teaching us. Ever help us, Lord, as we stand. And we know the enemy is coming against us. But with your help and your guidance, we can conquer it all. We love you and we praise you, Lord. We lift you up in your blessed name. And amen. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show. Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording, Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.
Let me tell you about a new product that you probably need to go check out. It's called Talking Jesus Doll at JesusDoll.com. If you use my promo code Steve Kids at checkout, they'll give you an extra 10% off. With all the woke culture going out affecting kids with cartoons and toys, they're trying to separate your kids and your grandkids from the family and from God. I recommend that you introduce Jesus to your kids as early as possible. That's why we're partnering with the Talking Jesus Doll. It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible, from the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between. With everything that's going on, it's important to introduce our children to the love and the lessons that Jesus had for many years. I love this product and so does everyone else. The reviews are amazing and kids are learning the Bible verses and using the doll to minister to others. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, this is a perfect gift for them. It could be for Easter, birthdays, and even Christmas. Teach your kids about the Lord. Go to JesusDoll.com and use the promo code SteveKids for 10% off. And God bless you.